Psalm 115. Psalm 115. And as you turn to Psalm 115, I want to consider a message along the way, uh, uh, along this lines, how I can be thankful, how you can be thankful. Uh, we live in a society that struggles with Thanksgiving. I, I struggle sometimes with Thanksgiving. I, I believe most people sometimes struggle with Thanksgiving. And, and, and to be honest with you, Thanksgiving is a matter of perspective. It really is a matter of perspective. And I, I believe, again, that we can be thankful if our perspective is right. And so let's begin here in Psalm 115. And we'll start in verse number one. I'll read through the whole chapter again, just uh, again, as we consider this uh, chapter on Thanksgiving. Again, I just want us to consider how I and you can be thankful. And so let's consider some thoughts from this chapter here today and also the word of God. Psalm 115, verse number one. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Therefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in heaven. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the works of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Ears have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They're, they have hands, but they handle not. Feet they have, but they walk not. Neither speak they with their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So is every one that trusteth in them. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is our, their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help. And their shield. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He hath blessed us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Ye are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heaven of uh, the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth he hath given to the children of men. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down in silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. I want to speak to you on this subject this morning, how I or you can be thankful. Let's pray as we consider the word of God here this morning. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for your word here today. Thank you again for the Bible that we have that can direct us in truth and and direct us in, in thinking. Again, I ask that you would help us again to be a more thankful people as a result of hearing from your word again here today. Help us, Lord, to focus on those things that would help us to be thankful and certainly, again, avoid those things which would cause us maybe to be unthankful. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one person said one of the greatest sins that Americans have is being unthankful. We never think of that as a sin, do you? <laughs> do you go into a day if you have maybe an unthankful attitude and say, you know, I'm sinning away this day. I'm sinning away this time. I'm sinning here today because I'm unthankful. No, I'm not being immoral. No, I'm not, again, maybe cursing or swearing. Maybe I'm not out drinking or whatever it might be doing, but I'm just plainly unthankful. Unthankfulness. I believe it's a blight on our society. It's a blight on Christianity. And again, we find in the Bible, I believe, many different reasons for being thankful. But I wanted to start out by just zeroing in on one verse from this chapter, verse number 15, that says, Ye are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. We are blessed of our Creator, blessed of Him, that made everything around us, we are blessed of the Lord. You might not think you're blessed. I may not think I'm blessed. The world may not think our, we're blessed. And, and Americans may not think uh, they're blessed. And maybe someone, again, is having a struggle during this time of Thanksgiving because maybe they lost someone around this time of year. And I get that and understand that. But we are blessed the Lord. 
Even if we're poor, we're blessed the Lord. If we're rich, we're blessed the Lord. Again, the blessings the Lord are upon those that fear the Lord. Job was thankful after the loss of his children. And it's amazing that he was thankful after the loss of his children. Because most people after a loss are not thankful. I mean, imagine again someone losing property and children. And say, still at the end, blessed be the name of the Lord. How did he do that? How can we do that? I believe it's a matter of focus. It's a matter of what we think upon. I believe he cherished the time he had with his children. He cherished the possessions that he had stewardship over. He was thankful for the blessings of the Lord. How are you blessed of the Lord? How am I blessed of the Lord? I think we can find some things in this chapter that speak of the blessings of the Lord on those that fear the Lord. I just want to mention that verse in verse 13. That's key here too. It says, he will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. He will. That's a promise. He will bless the Lord. He will bless them that fear the Lord, small and great. The Bible says in verse 14, the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. And so we find that we are blessed in the Lord. How can we be thankful by truly believing that we are blessed the Lord? How can we see this, maybe? We can see this in the chapter here in verse number one. It says here in verse number one, it says, Now unto us, O Lord, not, not unto us, sorry, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name, give glory for thy mercy and for thy true sake. Again, there are many blessings mentioned throughout the scripture, but in this chapter, again, I just want to begin here by consider some of the, mention, the blessings that are mentioned here in this chapter. First of all, it mentions the blessing of mercy from the Lord. It mentions here, uh, for thy mercy sake. We give glory to God. We give praise to God. We understand we are blessed of God because of mercy. The word mercy is a Bible word, which means, again, we are given graciousness of God, not after the iniquities that we, we deserve. In other words, God gives us less punishment, less trouble than we truly deserve. Help for the heart will help us to understand that the mercy of God is upon us. God has been merciful. You see that throughout history. It's amazing to me sometimes when I see the grumbling and mumbling that took place in the Old Testament, and yet God would still provide for them and still carry them through, it mentions in the Old Testament. Again, focusing on the mercy of God certainly, again, will help us, I believe, again, to consider the blessings of God. Second, it mentions there in verse number one, for thy truth's sake. For thy truth's sake. Are you glad that you've been exposed to the truth? Are you glad that you have the truth before you? You know, people around the world do not even have the Bible in their own language, but you and I sit there and we have the Bible in our language and sometimes we neglect it. We overlook it. We don't think we have much before us. I mean, a Bible, not just parts of the Bible, but the whole Bible before us. The blessing of the Bible, the blessing of a church that preaches the Bible, the blessing of God giving us his truth, imparting to us the creator telling us what the truth is and what the truth is not. We go on there in verse number nine, it mentions another blessing given to us by the Lord. It says, oh, oh Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The blessedness of God is found in the help of God. God is there to help us, but not only to help us, but to shield us. Again, it says there are three times to three different people groups. It mentions the house of Israel, verse number nine, the house of Aaron there in verse number 10, and those that fear the Lord. And he mentions he is their help and he is their shield. 
You could go back here just a little bit there and see the idols don't provide anything. Verse 4, it says, Their idols are silver and gold. They're the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. They have eyes, they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet them they, and they walk not. Neither speak they with their throat. They make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusts us in them. I mean, someone's trusting in idols. There's no help. They have, they have ears. They might look like they can do something, but they can't even do anything for you. One could trust in the gods of Egypt, the gods of this land, the god of money, whatever it might be. But it doesn't talk about those idols being a help and protection. But it does mention here in the Bible, God is their help and their shield. We see again that we're blessed with mercy, we're blessed with truth, we're blessed with help, we're blessed with protection. Verse number 12, it says here, And the Lord hath been mindful of us, he will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel, he will bless the house of Aaron, he will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. How we bless the Lord, the Lord thinks upon us. He thinks upon us. You know, you and I often may be in a position where someone might say, I was thinking about you. And you think in yourself, well, that's cool. Thinking about me, just me, just little old me. You were thinking about me. I was thinking about you the other day and I was wondering how you were doing. And you think about, oh, that's neat. Someone thinking about me. Think about how I'm doing in life. And the Bible says that the creator of this universe thinks upon us. He has been mindful of us. He's considering again what you might need or what you might not need, what need, what you might need to go through, what you might need not go through. And here we see again the blessing of the Lord is God thinks upon us. He's mindful of us. In verse 13, it mentions here, uh, he will increase us. And someone says, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, it doesn't matter if you think it's going to happen. It will happen. It says here in verse number 13, He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more. Ye and your children, ye are blessed, the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Count your blessings. You are increased. You will be increased. We're always increased. How can you be thankful? First of all, by counting on the fact that you are blessed the Lord. Verse number 15 says, Ye are blessed the Lord, which made heaven and earth. How can you be thankful by counting your blessings? Ye are blessed the Lord, but you'll be unthankful if you look at your burdens or your losses. Now, what could one do in a situation in life? Uh, Again, things may have not happened, at least maybe according to what you think they should have happened. And, and you're considering and thinking, you know, I have nothing to be thankful for. It's Thanksgiving. I don't have family to be with. I don't have friends in general. And I don't believe anybody here this morning is in that position. But I'm saying there might be someone around the world that says, you know, I don't have the provision that I would want to the Lord. But yet you do have the provision of God. The Bible says you are blessed of the Lord. I want to read forward here in Psalm 116, verse number 12. And I want to read to the end of the chapter. It says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord. Now, in the presence of all his people, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thy handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in thy presence of all the people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Verse 18, previous chapter says, But we will bless the Lord. From this time forth and forevermore, praise ye the Lord. If we count our blessings, we will praise the Lord. If we'll count our blessings, not our losses, we will praise the Lord. 
And again, the Bible encourages us to thank the Lord, to praise the Lord. Let's turn over to the New Testament, keep a marker here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 at verse number 18. Can you not praise the Lord for the mercy that's been extended to you, for the grace that it's extended to you, for the truth that's been brought to you, for the help that's been given to you, for the protection that you've had in life and the provision for the increases that you've seen year by year. Every year we see the provisions of the Lord, the protection of the Lord, the increase of the Lord. These are things that we can see with our eyes if we would observe them and note them and remember them. First Thessalonians here, chapter 5, verse number 18. First Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, and verse number 18. The Bible says simply here, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And everything gives thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In losses, we need to give thanks. In burdens, we need to give thanks. But in blessings and in increases, we ought to give thanks. We enjoy the blessings of God more, I believe, than any previous generation in many ways. I was driving back there from... Uh, you know, Park Rapids area, and I was driving back, and it was windier than windy. And in my mind, I was thinking this along the way. I was saying, in the old prairie days, how would you even survive such a drive? I mean, I was between Fargo and here, and I mean, it was windy and all those kind of things. I thought to myself, it's cold out there. How did they survive these things way back then when? When I talked to my wife, she said, well, they just stayed in. <laughs> yeah, they stayed in because they... They wouldn't be out there in the wind and the cold. They probably just stayed in. And I thought about how blessed we are to have a warm vehicle to drive in, to be out of the wind and all those kind of things. I thought, wow, it's amazing. We have these technologies today and we, we have them in our hand, hand tips. And, and yet sometimes we're not thankful. We can count on the blessings, but we can count on the losses. The blessings of the Lord. Ye are blessed, the Lord. That's what the Bible says. And so we, we know that to be true. Let's turn back to Psalm chapter 68. We, we might experience at time losses in life, and everyone experiences losses. And, and again, dealing with losses is a part of life. And I, I know no one likes a loss. I mean, if you're playing a sport, you don't like to lose normally in general. I don't, I've never met anybody who says, you know, I, I'm just the guy that likes to lose. If I could lose every time, I, I do it. I mean, that's, that, I just enjoy losing. No, I, I think most people would say I enjoy both winning and losing, or I enjoy just winning. But can you experience the blessings of God and the losses that might come your way and still say, bless ye the Lord? Psalm chapter 68, verse number 19. Psalm 68, verse number 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. He daily loadeth us with benefits. Do you know any benefits you got yesterday or the day before, or I got to the day before, or, or today, or whatever it might be? Are there any things that God gave you that you maybe forgot that he gave you each day? I mean, did you recognize the health that he gave you? Did you recognize the wealth that you've been given? Did you recognize maybe, again, just, just, just different things that you have in life that maybe other people don't have? Do you, do you understand that he gave you the benefit of hearing, the benefit of seeing, the benefit of smelling? All these are benefits of God. They're daily benefits, again, but we don't think of them as many, so to speak. Someone will talk about their job, and, and these are the benefits that they'll have with that particular job. They'll get two weeks vacation. They'll get whatever it might be. They'll talk about the benefits that they get. But again, as you look at around in life, appreciate what you have. That's a way to keep thankful. Appreciate what you have, not necessarily what you don't have. Let's turn to the book of Job. I just want to look at this quickly. Job chapter one. Job experienced, I believe, the greatest losses that one could probably experience in life, at least from my perspective. I mean, what are the, what are the greatest losses that you could experience in life? You could lose all your possessions and you could lose your, your family. This is what he experienced in life. And he experienced it all at one time. 
Again, I just want to read through this uh, quickly here. Verse number 13, it says, And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them, and the sabins fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain thy servants with the edge of the sword, and I am only escaped to tell thee. So here's a difficult day. Loses his ox, loses his axes, loses servants. Job cared about other people. And so even losing his servants would have been tough on him that day. It says, and the Sabians fell upon them and that sort of thing. And then verse 16, and while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, the fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped to tell thee. Now, him saying that the fire of God has fallen from heaven, this certainly could be a false accusation, but this is how he saw it. Fire of God fell from heaven, all the sheep destroyed, servants destroyed. I'm the only one left. It goes on there and says, While we yet speaking, came another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and carried them away, yea, and slayed the servants at the edge of the sword. And I am only escaped to tell thee. Tough day. Ox are gone. Sheep are gone. Camels are gone. Servants are gone. It's like losing a lot of stuff. It'd be like losing like transportation, occupation, provision. All these kind of things are being lost. Verse number 18, it says, And while you guys speaking, there came also another and, 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 and said, The sons, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine at the eldest brother's house and behold there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead and i am only escaped alone to tell thee then moses arose i'm sorry job arose and uh, rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worship and said naked came i out of my mother's womb and naked shall i retain thither the Lord gave, the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. How can you be truly thankful by thanking God for what you have, or what you've experienced, and by that which you still possess? It's been said the enemy of gratitude is taking things for granted. The enemy of, of gratitude is taking things for granted. When we take for granted the things that God graciously gives us daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, or over a lifetime, and we don't see them as gifts, but rather as things that we ought to have or we should have or Americans are expected to have, we find ourselves ungrateful. Job was grateful. You say, why was he grateful in this position, this this very difficult time in his life. He lost his sheep, he lost his axes, he lost his camels, his sheep, all these kind of things, and he lost his children. You see him, certainly, and again, a very grievous place where he falls down. He's certainly moved by this situation. He shaved his head. He was sad about all that had happened. But yet he said, blessed be the name of the Lord, verse number 21. In all this... Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. He didn't charge God against what had happened. He counted his blessings, not his burdens or his cares or his losses. And one of the enemies of gratitude is that of taking things for granted. And again, it's when I or you take things for granted, we are unthankful many times. Let's turn to Job chapter 8. Maybe you, you look someday at your car and you say, well, boy, that's a pile of junk. I don't like this car. It's not what I wanted. It didn't want to start for me today. I'm going to kick the tire. I'm not saying you would do that. No one would ever do that. I mean, they talk about that in cartoons and stuff. Maybe, you know, cartoon characters do that, but real people don't do that. But the reality is sometimes we're ungrateful for the provisions that we have. Romans chapter 8, verse number 28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. 
In order for us to be grateful, we need to trust God with the provisions of life. We must trust God with the trials of life. We must trust God in the events of life, the difficulties of life, and we should be able to turn and thank the Lord or say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Trusting God in in life circumstances is often difficult, but yet at the same time, it is God's will that we see the Lord working through those difficulties in our lives. Let's turn to Psalm 119, verse number 67. Trusting God in circumstances, I mean, in setbacks, if you would, that might come our way, and in health, again, ailments that might come our way, and in other losses that might come our way, we need to still thank the Lord in those things because God works through them. Psalm 119, verse number 67. Psalm 119, verse number 67. It says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. Verse number 71, it says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Verse 75, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. These are amazing thoughts on affliction. The first one there, verse number 67, I was afflicted and went astray. Now have I kept thy word. Again, affliction often leads us to not stray, but to draw closer to the Lord And so, again, the reason sometimes affliction comes in our life is to bring us closer to God. Someone says, well, this isn't good. This isn't a situation that's a blessing or or help to our family or whatever it might be. This is a curse. We just saw our vehicle destroyed. I mean, our children just about died. Again, I'm talking about the Crutch family. How can this be a, a blessing or help of the Lord? It's an affliction that could lead them to keeping the word. Verse number 71, it said, it is good for me that have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. Again, affliction leads us into the Bible. It leads us into how God and his word are precious and helpful to us. Verse 25, 75, it says, And I know, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. In faithfulness thou has afflicted me. Trials give us the opportunity to, to see the faithfulness of God. And even in chastening, God proves us, he purifies us, and makes us more after the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, in affliction, we have the ability to call unto the Lord in the day of the trouble, and God will deliver us. And then God will be glorified. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 25. Gratefulness is a result of understanding God's character. And God's character is good. It's always good. It never changes. It doesn't waffle. It's not like a person, this person is good to me, and maybe this person is not good to me, or whatever it might be. Uh, But God is always good, never good. And understanding his character will help us to understand that all events and all afflictions and all trials and troubles that come our way are from a gracious and good God. Psalm chapter 25, verse number 8, it says, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. What is God's character? Good and upright, verse number 8. Psalm 33, let's turn over there. We're just right in the book of Psalms. Let's just look at verse number 5. It says, He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. How can we be thankful by counting our blessings and not those burdens that we might carry? Counting again what we have rather than what we do not have. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 3. A focus on the blessings of God will help us to be thankful. We can look around and maybe we can think about things that, you know, maybe we could, you know, we're not thankful about. Maybe something happens in our house. Maybe, you know, some tree falls or something happens and, and it's not something that's pleasant for us and that sort of thing. You might think, well, this isn't a blessing. This is a blight. This is a problem. This is a trouble. This is a trial. But yet we should look at the blessings and burdens that we have of the Lord and see them as things that work towards better character 
in us. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 16 and verse number 17, it says, the word, uh, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And so we need to count our blessings. We need to count what we're able to do as a blessing. And so I want to just mention along the lines of blessings, we need to focus on our abilities and others' abilities, not their liabilities. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, give thanks. Give thanks for the ability to be able to somehow be able to do something with your life. Be, be able to do something of benefit to other people. Let's turn back to our text there in Psalm 115, verse number 11 through verse number 15. The Bible mentions that the Lord will bless us. And we ought to be grateful that the Lord will bless us. If we fear the Lord, we're guaranteed that God will bless us. This is not just positive thinking. This is a promise from the word of God. Verse number 11 says, Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Ye are blessed, the Lord that made heaven and earth. And so how can I be thankful? Count your blessings, not your burdens or your losses. Let me say this. Secondly, count your gains, not your pains. I mean, when you think about Job, he could have talked about the pain. Oh, no, I've lost all these things. My camels are gone. My oxes are gone. And he may have talked about those things. I lost my servants. You know, that guy that used to do that job, he's not here anymore. And he could, could have settled into the pain of all the situation. And he did. I mean, the Bible mentions him and a mourning with his friends there for, for a long time. But you can't stay there. You need to count what you gain rather than what you have as far as pain goes. The Bible says, He is their help, verse 11. He will bless us, verse number 12. He will bless them that fear the Lord, verse 13. He shall increase you more and more. There is some truth, again, to thinking upon the right things. And it's important that we count gains rather than the pain maybe of going or experiencing something that's difficult in life. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. There's probably, again, in a sense, some men that suffered more than others in life. And certainly it seems like those that experienced some of the greatest blessings of life also spent spent time with the greatest burdens that people had experienced in life. And so I believe it was with the Apostle Paul there in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 7. He had this uh, problem in his flesh. We don't know what it was. Again, many people think it was an eye affliction. I think it could have been more than that. I mean, an eye affliction is one thing. I mean, blindness and problems with seeing is one thing. But anyways, the Bible says here, verse number seven, it says, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan above me, that I should, uh, that I should not be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might be depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I glory in, in my infirmity that the power of Christ will be upon me. Therefore, I, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, and in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then am I strong. I don't know what was going on, but there was an infirmity in the flesh. And so I would say it probably be along some kind of health ailment of some kind. We don't know what it was, but if you've had some kind of health ailment, it can sometimes hamper you. Imagine having migraine headaches on a continual basis. Anybody have migraines on a regular basis? Jeff Lane had migraines on a regular basis. I think he still suffers from migraines on a regular basis. Imagine having migraines on a regular basis. 
I, I mean, I'm, I'll just say it. I'm blessed. I maybe a headache once or twice a year. Maybe. I, don't, I can't even remember the last time I had a headache. You say, wait a second. You don't have headaches? I have headaches regularly. Well, I get that. Do I mean people have different ailments? But I'm just saying I'm, I'm blessed to not have headaches. But imagine, uh, we see here he has this ailment. And he asks the Lord for help through this ailment. I don't think it was something small. I really don't think it was something small. I don't. I, I just think like Paul was, and again, I'm not trying to put him on a pedestal, but I'm just saying anybody can be whipped and beaten and keep on going. It's not some little thing. It's not some minor thing. But in Paul's life, he saw this infirmity as an ability to give him greater power and strength with God. He had to trust the Lord. He had to lean upon the Lord. And in his distress and in his difficulty, there was gain. And he mentions there in verse number 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then am I strong. He knows that when he was weakest, God was strongest. I believe, again, that had a lot to do with Paul's ability to be a powerful preacher in many ways. He went through such difficulties that brought him down that he had to depend on the Lord. He had to turn to the Lord. He had to trust in the Lord. And he see God work even those most difficult times. He suffered great pain and great losses in life. But yet he was the one that says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And he was uh, telling the church at Thessalonica to be thankful. And they were a persecuted church, by the way. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 24 through 28, we see some of the difficulties that Paul experienced in life. He experienced great pains in life, but yet he was thankful in life. Verse 24 Let's pick up there in verse number 24, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-four. 24. It says, Of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes, say one. That's amazing that I wouldn't want to be beaten one, one, one set of 39. Let's just put that together. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice, three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I... I've been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own country, in perils of the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false breath, in weariness, in painfulness, in washings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without, that that cometh unto me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is offended? And I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of, my, of the things which con- concern my infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus, which blessed is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. In Damascus, the governor under Artaxerxes, the, the, the king kept the, the city and the, and the Damascians. Uh, with, with a garrison desirous to apprehend me, and through a window in the basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. He experienced a lot of different things in life. And again, you can see again kind of a, a history of some of the things he went through life, an overview, if you would, of some of the things he experienced in life. And none of them were easy. All those disastrous things he went through, the beatings, verse number 25 shipwrecks, uh, a night and a day in the deep, perils in water, perils among robbers, perils in countrymen. He was robbed. Perils among his own countrymen, perils in the heathen, perils in the sea, perils in the world, perils perils amongst false brethren, weariness, painfulness, painfulness. Watching is often hungry, thirsty, fasting is often cold, nakedness. Didn't have it easy at all. And yet on top of that, I care all the churches. Paul suffered a lot. But he suffered for a reason. Chapter 10 of uh, 1 Corinthians 10. 
1 Corinthians 10. chapter. Why did he experience these things? Why was he willing to experience these things? Why didn't Paul just say, you know what? <laughs> I can see this isn't the will of God because it's just not an open door. I mean, there's so much opposition. Everywhere I go, I seem to have, uh, that. you know, he could look at it from a wrong perspective. The hand of the Lord is against me where, again, God was working through him to bring suffering into his life that he might suffer like the Savior suffered, that he might experience the power of God and trust in God. These things, again, were difficulties, but I believe he experienced them for a reason. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 33, it says, Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. It's a purpose behind this suffering. The suffering led to the salvation of others. You know, it talks about in the book of John, I'm not going to have you turn there, in John 16, verse 21, it talks about childbirth. It says of a woman there, she reveled no more than anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. We use that phrase, no pain, no gain. Childbirth is great pain, but it does bring a gain. A child is born into the world. Count your gain, not your pain. Someone could say, well, just think of all these bad things I've experienced. But also, one must look at the good things you've experienced also. Let's turn to Psalm 127. Psalm 127, verse number 3. One might look around and say, you know, I've, 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 I've lost a lot of things, but... Do you consider also many things that you've gained? Have, have, you, have you considered the gains? Are you focusing on the gains? Or are you looking at the losses? Paul could have sat back there and said, look at those shipwrecks and those beatings and those people that robbed me and those people that hurt me and those people that did this and that to me. And he could have dwelt on those things. Psalm 20, 127, verse number 3, it says, Lo, children are heritage of the Lord, the fruit of, his, of the womb is his reward. Amongst the blessings mentioned there in Psalm 115, if you turn back there with me, is a blessing, I believe, of children. These are part of the increase. Count your gain rather than your pain. Psalm 115 there, verse number uh, 12, it says, He hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Ye are blessed the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Before it says, Ye are blessed the Lord, verse number 15, it mentions children there. The fruit of the womb is his reward, it says there in Psalm 127. Count the gain rather than the pain. The work of ministry is often difficult and, and, again, tough. Again, as you look at the Apostle Paul, it was no cakewalk. It was no walking around and finding gain after gain after gain. He experienced much loss. But yet, I believe he counted his gain rather than the pain that he experienced in life. i just like to look at one more verse that Again, here in the Bible, I believe explains somewhat Paul's, Paul's mindset. Again I, again, I understand, again, we cannot forget sad experiences. We cannot sometimes experience, uh, again, forget losses that we've experienced. And these, again, will come to our mind from time to time. But uh, notice here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 here, verse number 4 and verse number 5, it says, But in all these things, approving yourself as ministers, of God in, in, in much patience, proving yourself in afflictions, proving yourself in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, in knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the arm of righteousness on the right hand and the left. By honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers yet true, as unknown yet well known, as dying. And behold, we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, 
and has having nothing, yet possessing all things. Verse 10 is, I think, kind of an interesting summary. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As dying, behold, we live. As chastened and not killed. Verse 9 says, and as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet possessing all things. Thankfulness is a matter of perspective. Counting your gain rather than your pain. Paul did this. The sorrowful yet rejoicing, that seems like, whoa, that's like two ends of the spectrum there. I think it's two ends of the spectrum as he gave a true perspective. Yes, sorrowful, it mentions of Jesus, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. Paul was like that, sorrowful yet rejoicing, poor yet making many rich. That leads into my last point here this morning, how to count your blessings Thirdly and finally, we need to count our friends rather than our foes. Psalm 115, verse number uh, 11, it mentions, O house of Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Count in your friends rather than your foes. House of Aaron's mentioned there. Verse number nine, Israel's mentioned. Those that fear the Lord, count them as friends rather than your foes. We could focus on those in our society, again, that may be enemies to the truth, enemies to the gospel, enemies to the way of God. We could talk about the idolaters. We could talk about losses of freedom. We could talk about all kinds of things. We could focus on our foes rather than our friends. But we see here in the Bible that Paul and then the psalmist Again, focused on God's blessings upon God's people. Verse 18, it said, But he will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise ye the Lord. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 1. Paul focused on thanksgiving. Each of his epistles, I believe, if you'll read in the first pastor, first chapter of nearly every epistle, it may be in every epistle, uh, Paul mentions being thankful for some people. He ends many of his epistles being thankful for people. And again, I, these are his friends. These were people on the Lord's side. These were friends of truth. These were ones that were continuing in ministry or people even that struggled in ministry. Here in Philippians chapter 1, verse number 20, the Bible says, According to my earnest expectation, my hope that in nothing I should be ashamed, but with all boldness and as always, now as... And Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be in life or whether it be in death. Skip to uh, uh, verse number 22, it says, But if you live in the flesh, that is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I choose, I choose not. For I'm a straight between two and have a desire to be with Christ, uh, depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Paul wanted to go to heaven, but he knew it was needful that he be here still. We need to be thankful for the time we have with friends and family, with relatives, even enemies. And praise the God for fellow workers in the kingdom of God. This is a focus that Paul had. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 3. You'll see in each of the epistles, normally, again, Paul thanking God for some people. At the end of the epistles, normally you see him thanking Someone in that last chapter also, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 3, it says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as this me, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all towards each other abounds. So Paul was thankful for what? He was thankful that he saw growth. These Christians. We should be thankful for friends and family and for opportunities that we have in life. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm just about done here. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Are you thankful? If you are thankful, you'll be focusing on some of these things which I mentioned here this morning. 2 Timothy here. 
chapter 1, verse number 3, the Bible says here, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in, in my prayers night and day. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Timothy. I've thoughts about you night and day. His focus was on people. It was on friends. It was on young believers. It was on church members. It was on co-laborers. It was on fellow workers. It was on brothers and sisters in Christ. It was on partners in ministry. And he, he counted these as friends rather than foes. Let's turn back to Psalm 115 and we'll close. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You say, what's the will of God for me that I'd be thankful? I'd be thankful on a regular, consistent basis. Again, how can I do this? Number one, I need to count my blessings, not my burdens. I need to count my gains rather than my pains. And I need to count my friends rather than my foes. Again, I believe this is a good recipe to be a thankful people. Verse number 12, Psalm 115, verse number 12. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel and will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Ye are blessed the Lord, which made heaven and the earth. The heaven, even the heaven of heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. The dead praise not the Lord, neither they that go down in silence, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise ye the Lord. As we again consider some thoughts on Thanksgiving here today, I pray you'd help us again to be thankful. There are some other thoughts, again, I could mention. I just want to mention them in closing. Uh, Number one, maybe a, a number, be number four, count your joys rather than your tears. Count your smiles rather than your trials. Count your health rather than your wealth. And count your hope rather than your fears. These may be some other thoughts that might be helpful. Let's close as we consider the word of God.